Every day across this country and the globe, life-changing ABA services are provided by dedicated professionals known as behavior technicians. This is the Day in the Life series presented by the BT Focus podcast, where we celebrate those stories and professional journeys which enable individuals and families to reach their fullest potential. Welcome to the BT Focus podcast dedicated to the behavior technician experience and the delivery of ABA services. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the BT Focus podcast. I'm Brian Kaminsky, and today I'm joined by one of our exceptional behavior technicians in the field, Rex. Rex, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be here, Brian. Absolutely. And I know for me personally, I can think of like no better way to start season two of the podcast to hear from one of our incredible BTs in the field for another one of our Day in the Life series edition. So thank you so much for joining us this morning and sharing a bit about your story. Yeah, I, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Rex, let's let's just start from the beginning. I, I would love to hear how you first enter the field as a behavior technician, you know, you know, walk me through what was that process like? What, what led you to pursuing a career as a behavior technician and entering the field of ABA? My story is interesting because I like to say I didn't find the field, the field found me. Um, I did undergrad at Oakland university and I graduated uh, with a, a major in communications from there. I go into sales and it was cool. You know, I wanted that experience, but I didn't love it. As a matter of fact, my, my experience in sales was very rocky. And um, in order to get through those rocky weeks of just grinding and cold calls and all that beautiful stuff that, that comes with sales, I, uh, a, a colleague of mine took me to volunteer at the Friendship Circle. And that's where we take... Um, young adults and teens with developmental disabilities out into the community. And we work with them on, you know, social interaction and in a variety of different settings, whether it's bullying or the zoo or, or the movie theater. And so I just, you know, it, it, it springed a love for working with that population. And so when I ended up inevitably parting ways with my sales job, I was trying to figure out, okay, what's next? And I went to a career fair with Oakland University and I was going around all the different booths and, you know, different companies to do more sales and whatever, whatever my skill set matched. And I saw Centria Autism and that word autism stuck out like a sore thumb. And I just went straight to that booth and I'm like, well, what's going on here? Like, and that's when I, I never knew what ABA was. I didn't know ABA existed. I didn't know there was sure. a, such thing as a behavior technician. So it was kind of just opening up that conversation with the recruiter, recruiter. And I was like, what, you can make a career out of this? Like, are you kidding me? Okay, sign me up. Like, let's go. I, I was right yeah. away like yeah. on board and I did my training and, and everything. The rest is history from there. Yeah, that's incredible. And what you described rings true for just countless conversations I've had with technicians in the field, BCBAs in the field, myself personally, like very similar in the sense that, you know, I 
when I was an undergrad, I was pursuing uh, a degree in exercise science. So I, I too, this is like the early 2010 range. And uh, yeah, the public awareness of ABA is nothing close to what it is today. So yeah, similarly, somewhat fell into the field in a similar sense. I worked uh, as a uh, special needs assistant for after school program my my senior year of undergrad. And so similarly, you know, I didn't know what a career as a behavior technician was. It wasn't until after I graduated that I somewhat fell into the field, you can say. But I like this thing more like the field found us, found you and I, right? Like it's just a matter of time. And I think what's really exciting is, you know, fast forward a decade, close to a decade later, I do think there is much more of an awareness on college campuses as as there should be, right? Um, and how exciting that would be to to have more staff enter the field, knowing that what an amazing career path it is. So excellent, and I love the uh, your point to Rex starting out in sales, really looking for work to really fuel the soul, you could say, yeah. right? That human connection and making a difference and just working with some incredible individuals. And so tell me a little bit about what that early transition was like for you working as a behavior technician, brand new to the field of ABA, and reflect back on those first initial weeks, months in the field where you're really jumping right into a new career. Yeah, so I've worked with a few clients, but that first client, when I, the first day I met him and I started first, I get a phone call from uh, the case manager and she's giving me a little background on this client. And I'm already thinking about, okay, how am I going to pair with this kid? And, you know, fortunately I had a little bit of experience with pairing with my volunteer experience. And through high school, I did something called the ASD links program, which is where I got exposure and I got to work with these kids. And I, I took one of the kids down graduation. So when I was working with this first client, it was like, okay, I'm already thinking, how am I going to pair with this kid? What's he into? How, you know, what are we going to do? And I found out he's really into Freddie Mercury, Queen. And awesome. so great taste. That was like, oh my God. I just recently saw the movie Bohemian Rhapsody with Remy Malik, and my mom was a huge Queen Perfect. fan. So, okay, cool. Here we go. So I get there for the first time. I'll just make a quick interjection. That's like Queen is my go-to like karaoke shortlist. So go on, go oh, on. I'm yeah. I'm I'm fine. <laughs> Naturally. Excellent. Don't stop me now. I'm karaoke. That's Please. a show stop. Come on. Right there. there you go. Yeah, that Animal. is. Drop the mic. <laughs> yeah. So so, anyways, I go in there and, and the, the the family's nervous. Um, the technician they were losing at the time was she is an angel which was so cool because I got to learn with her from a week for a week. And it was through a different situation where she had to move. So she was, she cared about this kid. She didn't want to leave the case. I love that. So I had great mentorship right off the bat mm -hmm. through another phenomenal yeah. behavior technician. So, um, so I get there and we bonded over queen, my, my client and I, yeah. and, from there, it just became just this, this constant, he changed the way I view mentorship because prior to that, I, I, and I have some mentors that are, you know, high up in the field, one of which owns a, a nonprofit supporting children with developmental disabilities. And I'll get to that later when we, we talk about the dance, but um, 
my most influential mentor is my first client. And I never thought, you know, with mentorship comes, uh, you know, this mutually beneficial relationship and, and learning, development, growing together. And, and prior to that, especially with sales and, and, you know, trying to work through corporate America, I only viewed a mentor as someone who's like, oh, very successful and, and I can learn from him. But um, he changed. He, Your elder. My, yeah. Yeah. He changed how I view that relationship. Mm. He is to this day, my most influential mentor far and away, far none. I want to tap into something you said about mentorship and specifically about how your working with one of your clients has allowed you to grow as a person. And I I don't think this is necessarily something we talk enough about. Um, You know, we say, you know, being a behavior technician, being a BCBA, it's a giving profession, right? We're drawn to the field because we are givers by nature, but I don't think we spend enough time talking about what we receive in our work. Um, so would you mind just briefly elaborating about, you know, what are some of the ways working as a behavior technician has allowed you to grow as a person? Brian, these kids, every case that I've worked in has me scratching my head. Am I the therapist or is this guy? Who's the therapist? <laughs> what? I'm supposed to be the therapist here, but I'm, I'm, there's so many takeaways from these kids. And yeah, it, it's this beautiful thing where, I mean, I don't know, I, just working with them. And for one, we also focus on the disability of these, these kids, mm. you know, especially specifically society. Kids the- yeah. Yeah. Society is focusing on the disability, mm. the capability of some of these kids. Yes. I mean, when they find a passion and yeah, I, I mean, I knew of this vaguely through my, my uh, experience with the ASD links program in high school and then with the friendship circle, but working with these kids every day as a behavior technician, it, it, it even helped that more. So my view on the capabilities and, and so finding out their gifts and their talent and how there is meaning for that. I mean, there's, there's ways and there's different nonprofits out there that, that utilize that. And, you know, uh, Bolton Farms, one that comes to mind, for example, in Rochester, that they employ these kids on a farm and, and the kids work uh, and they find, you know, whatever their skills are, they find a spot. But um, yeah, to get back to the mentorship thing, I've learned so much. I've learned the, the skills of these kids, they've taught me so much patience. I mean, through programs yeah. and stuff. And yeah, there's a lot, a lot of it, a lot of times it's, it's a bit of a grind, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Right now I'm working with a lot of um, independent living skills and it's taught me to celebrate all the wins, right? Yeah. Because it is a very mm-hmm. long process and I struggle with patience. At least I did. That's for darn sure. I can say I've definitely learned patience, but you know, I've, I don't know, especially as a behavior technician, I have really learned to find the joy in some very simple things. Um, my client, he gets some of the things he gets a kick out of. I previously never would have laughed at. And now, you know, we'll get together and he, I don't know. He is really, he's enhanced my sense of humor. He's enhanced my sense of humor because he finds the beauty in everything. You know, he's a very happy kid. Mm. And so I've definitely picked that up. That's a huge aspect of the mentorship that I've had with him. Um, 
and the list goes on. The list goes on. So much of what you said just resonated, you know, finding the small joys and celebrating the small victories. I'm so grateful for my experience as a behavior technician and how it in many ways prepared me for fatherhood. I've got four, four that at the time of this recording, we've, we've added another little one to our crew. So I've got, I've got four little ones at home and yeah, just those small, beautiful moments throughout the course of a day that mean everything to a family. And, um, amidst all of you know the, the chaos and busyness of life to see those small moments you literally can't put a price on them um talking about moving from what you could call like a deficit mindset of looking at well where are some of the gaps and skills which here's the thing we all have gaps and skills right there's certain things that you or I have greater or lesser degrees of familiarity or experience with and instead of certainly, yeah, we need to work on building skill sets in those areas, focusing on the gifts. So focusing on the giftedness and the passion and the interest. Rex, we all have gifts, every single one of us and every single one of our clients has a gift or gifts. And really starting from that starting point, I think is an absolute game changer. It needs to be recognized. And then lastly, developing patience uh, and viewing patience, not as something that we are all just endowed with or not endowed with. It's a skill. Patience is like a muscle, right? So yeah, being in the field has allowed me and you and so many to grow in patience as well as just other skills that at the end of the day, like, man, I'm, I want a job that I can grow in, but I feel like I'm a better person as a function of the work that we're doing. Like it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, and so, you know, that, that needs to be, a, <laughs> needs to be celebrated as well. Well, even to that point too, it's, it's the skills that are required of a behavior technician and what you develop in the field, it has definitely served me in other aspects. And since we've last spoken, mm. while well, you've been out, um, which congratulations on, on Josie, by thank the way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. That little segue aside, since we've last spoken, my grandma's been incredibly sick. Actually, both my grandparents became incredibly sick. It started with my grandmother who had um, tremors, ortho orthostatic tremor, and she had to be hospitalized. And then when she got hospitalized, she caught COVID in the hospital. And then from there, COVID pneumonia came, all these things, you know, to make a long story short. And she's, she's yeah. doing good now. I just, we just got her to Florida. She's walking the beach. I promised her she's going to be walking a beach again. She's on that beach right now. So I can talk about this with, you know, with, with a light heart, but um, my skills as a behavior technician and my patience in, in finding comfort, you know, finding calm in the chaos because chaos happens on this field a lot. This all prepared me for caring for my grandmother and I moved in and, and I helped her and, and it, I took a very behavior analytic approach in terms of how I took care of her, her different protocols and getting her you know, in-home physical therapy and occupational therapy and, and watching your medicines and stuff. And I owe that to my client, man. I owe that to my client. Mm. He's, he mm. has, it has been the sword on the grindstone, man. He has me sharp. It has been <laughs> iron sharpening iron, <laughs> you know, cause we have great days and some days we have really rough days, but all of it's beautiful because every day it's building mm -hmm. that character. And, and I am, 
very humbled and, and grateful to say that's that's what helped me with my grandmother and my grandfather. Mm. They had COVID and, and we had to, you know, there were some dire situations. But long story short, my growth as a behavior technician undoubtedly prepared me for the situation because salesmen Rex might have struggled a little <laughs> bit more came to caring for family in these, you know, these dire times. So that was a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I owe that to being a behavior yeah. technician. Incredible. That's a, a really beautiful mindset and perspective, Rex. And uh, you know, I think that's just that's incredible. So let's move forward a bit, going from transitioning professions to entering the field as a behavior technician to clearly finding a passion and something that gives you joy and meaning, you know, professionally as well as personally. But I understand you're you're even considering or in the process of, I should say, pursuing your BCBA. So, you know, I think that there'd be some folks that would be really interested in your journey of, you know, when did you decide that you wanted to continue to move forward in the field in the ABA in, in this capacity as a BCBA and uh, what that journey has been like for you? Yeah, that was tough, man. Going back to school, I was not a student. <laughs> and and I, I am a better student now. And I was a decent student. You know, sometimes I can be hard on myself. But long story short, I never thought I'd be going back to school. Man. When, I, when I graduated from undergrad, I had this video that I say, like on Snapchat or whatever. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm never mm-hmm. going back to no school. <laughs> School's out for summer type vibe. You know that song? No more <laughs> man, that was me, man. I was, I was screaming that stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, I graduated in the winter time from undergrad. I joined my master's in the winter time. And on Snapchat, there's like these memories. And so as I'm like doing my first uh, assignment, a freaking memory pops up, just fate, just prodding yeah. away at me. So, word. It took me a while. I was on the fence for a while. And I was actually even considering working in the corporate sector of ABA or, you know, I was looking for other options. I couldn't, I, I could not, I would not be able to sleep at night knowing that I had to leave from a therapy standpoint with my client. Like I, I you know, if I was supporting him as a case manager, that'd be cool. But, you know, when it comes down to it, I had to stay, I had to stay. Um, on the therapy side of things. And that meant going back to school. And that was a tough decision. But, you know, for anybody else in my position that's on the line, you know, and you're kind of at the crossroads and you're stuck, I don't know, man, just do it. Just do it. I think it's <laughs> I, I am a very timid student. I remember having, I had anxiety during the uh, orientation for, and I'm, I'm getting my BCBA through Capella University and they have a a Uh master's in psychology program with, you know, it's a focus towards applied behavior analysis. And it's a very interesting program. Uh And I, I I love it. But at first I was like, Oh, I'm going to get back into this. I'm going to have papers, the anxiety of, of, you know, procrastinating things. And I, you know, it's, it's just, I had bad (laughs) habits, but um, I, I have learned that through the passion of working with these kids and, and through the mentorship I've received from my client, man, it has transformed my discipline in the classroom and, and typing these papers. Man, I even like enjoy some of the assignments because I can to tie in field work. And as a scholar yeah. practitioner, 
another thing that they've really taught you is, is they encourage you, hey, whatever you're learning, open that conversation with the BCBA. You know, let's let's talk about whatever, whether it's schedules of reinforcement or different assessments or, or anything. There is a way to leverage what you're learning into the classroom to enhance what's going on on the field. And that's been that's worth its weight in gold. So yeah. while I was very cautiously optimistic about my journey in getting my master's degree, man, I got to tell you, it's, mm-hmm. it's going very well. And this is coming for anybody listening. This is coming from a kid who is a mediocre at best student. <laughs> and I've been able to turn it around and, and you know, I'm passionate about what I'm learning. And it's, it's, it's a very yeah positive experience now. Yeah. Well, all the difference in the world of the power of motivation, right? You've, you've found something that is fuel for the fire, so to speak, in terms of, you know, allowing you to get back in the grind and start writing those papers again. And seeing that even transform to the point of, I, I like and enjoy what I'm doing. I, I, you know, this has gone, gone from something that's somewhat unpleasant to reinforcing. That speaks volume to, you know, what you're doing and, and the impact that it, that it brings. Um, that's great. That's excellent. So what a great practitioner you will be as a BCBA, being able to reflect on your experiences as a behavior technician and know the reality of that role and its joys and well of its challenges. So that's wonderful, Rex. Congrats, man. Right? There's going to be a point in time where you think, oh, this is, I'm never going to be done with this coursework. I'm never going to be done acquiring my hours or passing this exam. And then you're going to blink and you're going to look at another Snapchat story, however many months or years from now, when you pass your exam and it's going to fly by like that. And then Centria as well excellent. has me with some excellent leadership. And I owe a lot of it, this journey to the BCBAs because they give me the mentorship mm-hmm. and they, they give me the... Yep. They give me the help and the support and, and they, they work with me on what I'm learning in the classroom. And Jesse Walker, to, to list one name, she's the one who helped me. She's shout like, out. She's like, yeah, shout out to Jesse Walker. She's like, you, you should. <laughs> Come on. You know, I'm yeah. on the crossroads. <laughs> and she, she helped yeah. me a lot. And also Marilyn Harris and, and Nate Schick, those two BCBAs as well. I'm working with them. I, I get the pleasure of working with all three and they're, they're really helping and, and they're very supportive in this process. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a team effort. I can't do it without my client, who's also my therapist. And I can't do it without these, these great people. <laughs> with. So I owe it to them as well. Yeah. It's a combination of falling in love with the science and seeing how transformative the application of our science is, but truly it's the relationships that have always propelled me forward and keep me coming back and searching for more. And mentorship is something that has played a huge role in my life. And it's really exciting to be in a position to pay it forward in a respect of new technicians that are on my team that we're working with and to be able to share my experience with them. Just like you said about your clients, you get far more in return than you give. So that's kind of the paradox of it all, right? The more you give, the more you receive. So outstanding. Well, hey, Rex, let's uh, let's do a bit of a transition here. Um, I've loved hearing about you know your journey going from a background in sales to entering the field as a behavior technician and now on your path to becoming a BCBA. But I want to talk about something that I know is really 
important to you and something you're incredibly passionate about, which is community involvement and the importance of inclusion and the importance of fostering an environment where individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities have some of the same opportunities to engage in some really important life milestones and life experiences. So tell me about some of the work that you're doing about a, a really special dance that's going to be taking place this spring. Yeah. Um, that idea, that idea came when, you know, when I was talking about that previous story with, with my client and, and, you know, with the COVID lockdowns and he lost that opportunity to get out and, and to interact in the community. And, and we were fortunate enough to make our own little community. But I know with a lot of these kids and a lot of these you know, especially with this pandemic, that's not the case for everybody. And so this kind of inspired an idea um, with a very close friend of mine, another name I'm going to shout out, Nicole Hansen. She's got this heart of gold and she spawned this idea and, and brought it to me. And from there we were like, okay, we got to make a difference. We need to figure out a way to create more social opportunities for this community. We definitely need to work on that. And, and with what's going on in the world, it hasn't, it hasn't helped with that for sure. So we want to reintroduce social opportunities. And so um, that's when we created the Step Into the Spotlight. And this is the initiative to, to bring that back. And, and so for the first one that we're doing, it's the Step Into the Spotlight dance, but it's a red carpet event. And what we're doing is we're rolling out the red carpet and we have this venue at this, this uh, family bar and grill overtime and they have this banquet room that they rent out. And, and so, you know, with support through the community and with support from one of my mentors who owns a nonprofit supporting young adults with developmental disabilities under his banner, we are, you know, I pitched him this idea and we're doing this event where it's going to be a red carpet and it's, Basically, it's a night to make these kids feel celebrated and special. And so we're doing the full thing. I mean, the paparazzi experience. And we're, I got I, <laughs> great local uh, company, Metro Cars, donating a Sprinter van limo. So they get like a limo awesome. experience. And, and we're having, oh my gosh, the DJ, DJ Mikester. And he kills it. Awesome. He's the best DJ. I mean, mm -hmm. just bring it back to our talk disabilities versus capabilities dj mikester was put on this earth to run a room mm. and to dj and play music and and stuff so we're gonna have him as our dj and and it's gonna be it's gonna be something very special photo booth red carpet tons of volunteers paparazzi greeters um you know we're gonna even have a sensory red carpet for the kids that you know, for sensory needs or whatever they have going on, if they don't want to be in the flashing lights and, and stuff, we're going to have, we're going to have something in mind for them because this is an all abilities event, full inclusivity. And, and so that's, that's the plan here. And so um, I've have, have a great team of people that I'm planning this with and uh, we're very excited about this event and this will lead into other opportunities. And we have a ton of ideas. We have a ton of ideas on, on different ways to, to continue, you know, the social initiative. So I don't want to spill any of the ideas yet, you know, but uh, sure. more you have to come more back. To <laughs> You'll have to come back, hear more about it. Well, that's All incredible, right. Rex. I mean, 
it's been, gosh, I'm trying to think, do the math, 15-ish years since my senior prom. Those are memories you'll carry with you for a lifetime. And, you know, not just memories for our teens that are going to be attending the event. Like, what a beautiful memory for those families, the parents, those caregivers, that to see their child uh, in that in that light where they get to feel celebrated, they get to feel included, they can just experience that joy. Um, man, what what a really remarkable event! And you know, I I can't begin to imagine all of the beautiful things that will come as a result of that. Friendships that are fostered or developed or strengthened, and you know, what other opportunities this will present to those who are able to participate in it? Because um, this could be one of the first times they've ever been able to take it a part of, of an event like this and really just be made special and the center of attention. And man, that's awesome. As a parent, I can imagine how that would make me feel. So uh, I just want to commend you for your work in that area. Thank you. If anyone was interested in learning more about the event, where are some ways that they can they can learn more about it? Well, yeah, there's definitely a need for um, volunteers with behavior analytic experience um, because we have these different roles, and everybody wants to volunteer. And we have it's it's been awesome. the 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 local support has been great, but there are still a few spots where it's like we want someone with behavior analytic experience. Um, on the limo, you know, so they can supervise and be with the kids at all the time because the limo is kind of like a hayride type experience where it's going to be mm-hmm. there. The logistics of this community, everybody's going to get there, you know, on their own. And we wanted to be inclusive. We didn't want to have the limo for some honored guests and have other honored guests feel left out. So we're going to have that limo constantly during the, the whole event. And we're going to load up different kids where they can drive around and they get to have their own tunes in the limo. And, and mm-hmm. so we need someone in there uh, supervising, making sure everything's okay, making sure all the, the guests' needs are attended to. So, And then maybe we also need a, a sensory red carpet lead. And then there's a few spots still open for floaters. You know, people with behavior analytic experience going around during the event that can help. So if anybody in the Metro Detroit area is looking to help out, you can reach out to me. I'll just give my phone number out here on the, on the, the podcast. It's, it's <laughs> Uh Reach out to me personally. And uh, yeah, I would love to work with, with whoever's willing and, and, you know, we're going to create some great things. So, so please by yeah. all means and let's make it happen. Incredible. Incredible. Well, Rex, I look forward to hearing about how the event goes. And on behalf of so many families, thank you for the work that you're doing in your community, in the organization. And you're just, uh, you're setting a really great path and doing some really life-changing work, truly, you know, creating memories that will be with families for a lifetime, which not a lot of people can say that. So I should be quite proud. Uh, That's excellent. Well, Rex, I've so enjoyed uh, our time together this morning. If you want to just end with, if you have any advice, let's say there's a new behavior technician who's just entered the field or somebody who's even just considering entering the field of ABA as a behavior technician, what advice would you leave them with? I think I think it's a field of, of roller coaster rides where you see the most beautiful things. And then there's some days that might be tough. Um, I think community is very mm-hmm. important. 
whether you have a BCBA, I think having those people that you can go to and depend on, but a sense of community is going to be your best friend in this field and, and, uh, patience and just self-love. I think as a therapist, we need to be, you need to be sharp. I think focusing on your mental health and, and healthy habits, whether it's meditation or yoga or an exercise routine, I think being sharp is important in this field and staying on top of those things. Um, it's worth its weight in gold. It's going to get you far. And, and, uh, just finding which, which what my client taught me, finding beauty in, in the little things and celebrating all your wins. Mm. That's, uh, that's the name, yeah. name of the game. So, yeah. yeah. I couldn't end on a better note myself, Rex. I mean, I, I think you're just a shining example of somebody who has, found a calling and found a passion and is just doing amazing, amazing things. So uh, I wish you nothing but continued success. And I look forward to hearing about how this event and I'm sure many others will go. Um, and thank you on behalf of the organization for all of the work that you're doing to support our families and to support your community and just keep up the outstanding work. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the BT Focus podcast as we learn more about the stories and the science behind applied behavior analysis. 